0: A, an amazing morning. Great to see you guys all here. Um, we've just been having a, a great time. I was just thinking of uh, the last Sunday where I was, I was in, in uh, uh, Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea, and because uh, I sort of made, well, I didn't actually give them the, the, the choice or anything like that, but they just said, what time is your flight? And I said, well, it's, it's uh, uh, what was it, 1.30, uh, and they said, oh, oh, 1.30, uh, we can have church early. So I was like, okay, we could have church early. I said to, I said to them, so uh, so my wife Julie has given me two ultimatums. And I said, like the first one is to be on that plane at one thirty, And the second is to bring the coffee back. Uh, because Papua New Guinea has pretty amazing coffee. So I was, I was able to do both of those, and uh, uh, I was able to actually register online to get my uh, seat on, on the plane. So I was the first one uh, to get my seat. I was the last one at the airport to get on the plane. They were actually calling, calling for the flight. But when I got to the, to the, uh, the gate, I was the first one on. So it's like, God was just showing me, it's like, hey, the last shall be first and the first last. It's like, you know, I I got it covered. (laughs) But uh, we had a tremendous time up there. Um, Listen, amazing things are happening in Papua New Guinea. Uh, I know that uh, Bishop Hammond spoke about uh, that they could be the first Kingdom of God nation on planet Earth. And I tell you what, this uh, this new political party uh, that has been launched from the church—come <laughs> on, it's not—it's not beside the church; it's from the church. And uh, I was able to go and to be able to minister and prophesy and anoint 31 of the delegates that are uh, going up for uh, this election uh, in about uh, two and a half weeks' time, or something like that. So, uh, so it's going to be very. Well, no, it's actually. Probably about a month, two months' time, but it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, keep your eyes on there. Pray, keep praying, because uh, everything is uh, is uh, trying to come against this corrupt spirit that's been in the in that nation for such a long time. And uh, uh, the church, I believe, has had enough. The people of Papua New Guinea have had enough, and it's time that they are now they are looking for godly government that are not going to be on the take. So, so keep them in mind. But uh, able to minister there on a Sunday morning and. And uh, uh, They said uh, we have no air conditioning. It's like, oh, that's okay. It's just open air, and uh, and of course everything is suit and tie. I mean, even if you're just sitting in the ch- suit and tie, yeah, every- everywhere you go, suit and tie. Okay, so I got it, suit and tie. But just as I was about to go up, my pastor Dean said, you don't have to wear your jacket. And it's like. Okay well I'll take it off if I, if I do get warm but I got so carried away uh, by the time I'd finished it was actually I was dripping wet it was just one of those days where you know the Holy Spirit was there and uh, you know God just had given me a prophetic word for the church and the nation and uh, it was just a tremendous time so listen what I'm saying that is that God has got amazing people everywhere and we are part of a, of a family that God is uh, is raising up in in this generation, uh, and uh, I know that we're going to be working even closer and closer with the the church in Papua New Guinea, and uh, they want to come down here and be part of what we're doing. So that's fantastic. Maybe maybe we can have a missions trip to Papua New Guinea sometime. Amen. Yeah, we we know the Kiwis need to be saved first, so we're going to we're going to do that, and then maybe Papua New Guinea second. Okay, <laughs> got to get our priorities right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. We thank you. What an amazing day. What an incredible life that you have given to us. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you would open up our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to your church. We thank you, Lord, today that you are leading us and guiding us, and we give you all the honor and praise this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Well, here we are, Resurrection Sunday. Incredible, incredible day. Uh, for a lot of people, Easter is just another holiday. It's a you know, four day weekend of fun and, and no work. Uh, for others, it's like chocolate Easter eggs, chocolate Easter bunnies, chocolate Easter bilbies, uh, in actual fact, anything chocolate. Okay? And, uh, and uh, so it's good that the theme is continuing on uh, after this message that we'll be chasing more chocolate. Uh, afterwards, so uh, so that's good. I told the kids, it's like, yeah, we're gonna have an Easter egg hunt. Everyone has to line up behind me. Because yes. <laughs> I gotta be the first. <laughs> but you know, we as Christians know that Easter means it is the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it means the promise of life after death. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? That there is actually life after death. It means the, the hope of a better life, it means joy. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the basis of our faith. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we're just a bunch of liars, and we're wasting everyone's time on a Sunday. Come on. Really, that's what it is. If we just did not believe that that is what happened, we'd be just wasting our time. See, the words, He is not here. He is risen, has changed the course of the world it changed it then when the ladies went down to the, to the tomb and it's changed the life of everyone since that day. He is not here. He is risen. It's amazing. Let that sink in right now. Imagine going down to the tomb just to, to find out how the, you know, how the body is, all that, and going down there. It's like he's not there. And then, of course, the angel saying uh, he's not here because he already told you, as, as Pastor Brad we're saying about the scriptures. He already told you what he was going to do. Yes, he was going to die. Uh, but, but did you hear what he would say after that? Because sometimes we just, we lock onto something and all we hear is, oh, you die? What? Die? And we don't hear, but I will come back after three days. I will be resurrected. I'll come back. And, it, and, uh, and of course he did that exactly what he said. And, and as the angel started to share that with these ladies, with Mary and the other Mary, and there was someone else that was there, it's interesting that, they, that then they said, oh, yeah, that's right. He did say he was coming back again. It's amazing sometimes how we forget. We get caught up in something and we forget what the outcome is. So God is saying he is just not dead, <laughs> but he's alive. He's alive. So why is the resurrection of Jesus so important to us? The resurrection of Jesus is totally awesome, even though many people of the world don't know this, and many even doubt it. It's the only religion in the world that boldly states that our Savior died and then was raised from the dead after three days, and He's alive forevermore. It's the only religion. Muhammad didn't do it. He didn't come back. Come on. Confucius didn't come back. Buddha didn't come back. Only Jesus did. Jesus is alive. He was dead, but he is now alive. Come on, that is time for us to rejoice. That's, that's why we celebrate th- this time. And listen, to, you know I've been watching some of the, the movies on, on TV, watch Ben Hur last night. And, and watching some of the documentaries that you actually see. And of course, I did some research about the crucifixion and everything. I mean, that, is, that was the worst possible way to die. It was the cruelest way that the Romans could possibly get a, a, as much out of a body suffering before it died. It was the worst way. It was the most public way because it gave people more time to look at the agony and the pain. And to think that our Jesus went through that, that He took everything to the cross, our sins, He took our infirmities, He took everything to the cross. Here is, a, here is an innocent man who died for us. While we were yet sinners, before we even knew Him, He took everything to the cross. But it doesn't stop there. It says that when He died and was buried in the grave... Three days later, he rose again. See, that is the miracle. Well, you know, I mean, you know, Pastor Brad was talking about the football, and, uh, and I saw one of the headlines there the Broncos. Easter miracle. The Broncos <laughs> come out, you know, from behind. Easter miracle. It's like, that, that's what the world thinks is a miracle. That Broncos escaped, you know, uh, uh, they, they won by two points. I mean, I like the Broncos. Don't get me wrong. But But an Easter miracle? Come on. We've got to understand that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. We know about a real Easter miracle. We know about a man who died for our sins, but who came back on the third day. Come on. That is what we are taught. That is an Easter miracle. (laughs) He is alive. And people often ask, you know who rolled the stone away, and why was the stone even rolled away? Well, the first question is easy because we got photographic evidence of who rolled the stone away. Graphics think, will we put that up? Who rolled this? Who rolled the stone away? Oh, and you thought it was an angel? Well, it is an angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who rolled the stone away? I was just giving Jesus a little help. I'll just have to make sure that he wasn't still in there <laughs> okay, thanks graphics team to answer that that is that that is not that is not Jerusalem <laughs> that was Orlando and uh, it was a place called the Holy Land okay only in America all right <laughs> the holy land it's it's a theme park. It's uh, you can go there. You can get messages every day. They have they've got you can have communion with Jesus. Come on, even Elvis was there. No, no. <laughs> But you go in there and it's like amazing. It's like you sit down and there's probably well, about a dozen or so that people that they, they, they have. And, and, and they've got this person that's acting as Jesus and he, he's taking you through communion. And right at the end, he says, "Now I just want you, want you to close your eyes. And then while you're closing your eyes, uh, uh, he disappears. And then you open and it's like... <gasps> It's God, Jesus is God. He said, he, he said, yeah, I have to go to my father. So, I like, so it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. And like I said, only America that you uh, can do all these sorts of things. They have got uh, no problem. you got money, you can do anything over there. So the stone was rolled away. Uh, the second part, why was it rolled away? It wasn't so Jesus could come out. Okay? Now, Jesus is Jesus. He could have just walked straight through the walls. Uh, and he probably did. Okay, It was re- the real reason that the stone was rolled away that, so we could see that He is risen, that He is not still there. There's not a body there. It's not hidden away anywhere. There was nothing there because He had already risen and He was already about His Father's business. That's the real reason why the stone was rolled away. The empty tomb is the greatest evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. That is the greatest evidence. He's not there. He wasn't taken by anybody. Come on, they, even the soldiers, uh, when they went to make an account of themselves because they said, we want to make sure that you weren't asleep. We want to make sure. They said, we weren't asleep. We, we, the, 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 it was still there when we were there. We, we know he didn't come out. And it says the authorities said, we don't want you to say anything like this at all. We'll give you some money and you shut up. Come on. Critics have tried to explain this away, but they never can. The empty tomb still stands as evidence today that Jesus is not dead. He is alive. He is alive. He's not still hanging on the cross. Come on. He is alive. Easter means victory. It means victory over death, hell, and the grave. And Tim, if you can put up 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen, we're going to be looking at a few scriptures in, in this chapter. And verses three and four, we'll see first. It says, uh, "For we, uh, for what I received, Paul is speaking here. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. First importance." It's like he's saying, I want to give you the most important thing, the the top of the heap. This This is the most important thing. As I've got this, I want to give this to you. What is the most important thing? That Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. The most important thing. I want to let you know, very off the top, this is the most important thing. This is what Paul is saying. And that he was buried and that he was raised again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Most important. I want to give you these most important things Paul is saying here. So then it goes on and says how many uh, hundreds of people that Jesus, through the Scripture, uh, how many uh, hundreds of people that Jesus appeared to and encouraged along the way. He probably stayed maybe a couple of months uh, because it says that for 40 days he spoke to his disciples about nothing but the kingdom of God. For 40 days he just spent time with the the, the disciples and it says that he spoke nothing except the kingdom. Nothing except the kingdom. I think that's pretty important that we speak the kingdom of God. If Jesus rose back from the dead and spent 40 days with his disciples only speaking about the kingdom, pretty important stuff. In verses uh, 42 to 44, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, our body, but it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, but... It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. Listen, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we now have victory over death. Come on. You can can get excited, okay? You can get really excited. We now have victory over death because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. It wasn't just for Him. He did it for us. In verse 42, we just read there, Paul says that our body was sown; uh, that was sown is perishable. That means it's subject to decay. It means destruction. It's subject to destruction. But because of the resurrection, we are raised imperishable. It means indestructible. It means enduring. It means that we're not subject to decay. Come on, are you getting this, church? Come on, we've got to understand. We are born into this life as perishable beings, but because of the resurrection, we have eternal life. From the moment that you receive Jesus into your life, you have victory over death. From that very moment, you've got victory over the death. Your physical body might, might fail you, but listen, your spiritual body then comes into life. You have victory over death. <laughs> your soul will never die. Natural body something happens to it, but your soul never dies. You will be raised forever to life with Jesus in heaven. That is a promise. That's a promise. That's not a maybe, that's not a maybe, uh, it's a promise. You become imperishable. In the resurrection account, the angel said to the woman at the empty tomb, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why? Like I said before, sometimes we we might forget some things, but, I mean, that's pretty important. Jesus actually telling His disciples that when I die, it's okay because I am coming back. I am going to be resurrected. Maybe, maybe that's why they couldn't... F- Quite fully understand. They understood death, but they never understood that someone could come back from the dead. They actually saw Lazarus, though, didn't they? Lazarus came back. Maybe that was the maybe that was the preemptive things, like Jesus saying, Hey, listen, I am coming back. According to the scriptures. And see, that is why every scripture had to be fulfilled. Every scripture. Isaiah spoke about it. There's so many of the Old Testament prophets and people spoke about not just His death, but the resurrection, that He's now seated with the Father in heaven, all these sorts of things. It all points to those things. They had to be, everything had to be right, according to the Scriptures. Why seek the living among the dead? They didn't understand at that point, but they soon would later. See, when they realized what he meant, what those angels meant, they no longer spent their lives down at the cemetery, surrounded by death and decay, but they spent their life with the resurrection power of Christ. Come on, what are you doing? Are you spending your life down at the cemetery? He's risen. Come on, he is alive forevermore. He has given you victory this morning. Don't hang around death and decay. It's time to hang around. Power, love, sound mind. It's power. The, the life that He gives us, that resurrection life. Resurrection life. In Christ, the greatest and the least. Have the assurance that death is no longer the victor, victor because of the resurrection of Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. You might be the greatest, you might be the least. But Jesus Christ died on that cross and was raised on the third day just for you. He's no respecter of persons. In verses 54 and 55, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Verse 55 says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? See, we can say that today without a shadow of a doubt because that death isn't hanging over us like a death sentence. It's like, oh, oh, when are we going to die? When are we going to die? It doesn't matter. Even if we do die, we go to heaven. Come on. Come on. Paul was saying that even to live is to gain. If I, if I live this life, it's, this, is just, this is just gain to me. So if we live that point where Christ is in us, where that resurrection life is in us, we don't have to worry about if we're going to die or when are we going to die or what's going to happen. You live your life as unto the cross of Jesus. You live unto that life as that resurrection power of God in your life. And death doesn't have that sting anymore. Come on. Where is your sting? It hasn't got a sting anymore. Jesus has taken the sting out of that. Because of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we have victory over sin. Not just death, but also sin. Paul says in verse 43 that we are sown in dishonor. That means that we are born into sin, but because of the resurrection, we are raised in the glory of the Father. When we invite Jesus Christ into our lives, we are able to stand before God spotless just as if we had not sinned. Come on, let that sink in. That is unbelievable. That is incredible. When we ask Jesus into our life, we can now stand before our God as if we are spotless because of the blood of Jesus has washed us clean. Whew. It's powerful. Paul goes on and says that we are sown in weakness, but through the resurrection of Jesus, we are raised in power. That word power is the dunamis, Holy Ghost, miraculous power. We were born weak with no power to resist sin or any temptation, but because of the resurrection of Jesus, the power of sin over our lives is broken. Some of you are excited. Hallelujah. The Bible says that all power is given to them who believe. All power. All power. And not just power, but all authority. See, power and authority is different. have been doing some research on, uh, on authority which is the exousia of God, and, and uh, the, the power of, of God is the, the dunamis. Exousia oversees or overrides the, the dunamis power. See, see the, that, that means that we have all power over all power of the enemy. God has given you authority over the enemy's power. He's given you exousia power, which trumps everything. Come on, did you hear that? He has given us all authority, all the exousia. That means that, that we can rule and reign and that we can make righteous decrees that have to be adhered to because God has given us the authority over all these things, all the power of the enemy. Wow. So having victory over sin, what does that mean? It means that we have the power over sin. We have power over sin. We don't have to just keep sinning. You have power over sin. You have power over sin. You have power over temptation. Well, the devil made me do it. You have power over the devil. Well, it's just the way that our family... You have power over all things. You have power over the lust of the flesh. You have power over drugs and alcohol. You have power over broken relationships. You have power over financial bondage. You have power over every circumstance of life. You have power. You are not weak. You have power. Jesus made sure he gave his church the power before he left. He didn't take it all to heaven. Come on. Don't think that you're weak and powerless. As like, oh, poor me. No, no, no. That's what the devil is saying about you. <laughs> you have all authority over every circumstance, every sin, everything. Because of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we also have a demonstration of the power to make a comeback. The power to make a comeback. God is the God of the second chance. Praise God that that He gives us a second chance. It's just not one strike and you're out. He can turn things around when it seems hopeless. Separated from His Father, Jesus cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? But God is the God of a second chance. He forsakes us not. And what seemed so hopeless on that Friday afternoon as Jesus was hanging on the cross became the greatest comeback of all time on Sunday when He rose again. This very day that we are celebrating today, Resurrection Sunday, what looked hopeless. Come on. Here's the Savior dying on a cross full of pain and taking everything to the cross, bloodied and bruised. People thought, here's your Savior, (laughs) This is who you follow. This is going to be your Savior. This is, this is Him hanging on a cross just like a common criminal on either side as a public spectacle. But who knows? God is not finished. Jesus was not finished. Even though He said, it is finished, He wasn't finished. He was saying, the work that you gave me, God, my Father, it is finished. I have equipped. I have given everything to your church, to your body. I have given everything. I have done my job. Now that is finished. And so we see what people thought is the end. (laughs) God is saying, that's not the finish. That's not the finish. Because He's still got stuff to do. Jesus still got stuff to do. You're not finished. Your situation's not finished. He's still got stuff He's still working on. It could be three days. It could be longer. It doesn't matter. But God says, I'll finish my work. And Jesus did, was able to go and took the keys of hell ke- hell and death. And I tell you what, it's three days later, He did exactly, exactly what the Scripture said. Exactly what God had said. Exactly what the prophets of old had said. Three days later, He rose again. Death could not hold him down. Come on, death cannot hold you down. Greatest comeback of all time. Wow. (laughs) Let me tell you that no matter how far you have strayed from God, no matter how long you have been away on that wayward walk or, or pathway on that broad road, it's never too late. Because of Christ's resurrection, you can now reach up from where you are today and take the hand that is reaching out to you and you can make an incredible comeback. Because of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we also have a demonstration of God's mighty redemption. God's mighty redemption. Look at what Paul says in verse 7. And 8 of 1 Corinthians 15, he says, Then Jesus appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And it says, And last of all, last of all, he appeared to me also, to Paul, as to one abnormally born. I thought, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird. I mean, it's not weird that, I mean, he, somebody had to be last to see Jesus, all right? <laughs> But Paul says he appeared to always and then he finally appeared to me as to one abnormally born. And I had a look at that. I did some research. In the Greek, that word means uh, ectroma. It means abortion. It means to be stillborn. See, Paul made the reference to himself as one who was born dead. Since he had defied the authority of Jesus and tried to destroy his church, come on—that's imagine that's that's your resume. I want to—I want to join the church. Uh, well, what, what were you doing beforehand? Uh, I was killing everyone in the church. <laughs> hmm. Let us pray about that. <laughs> See, Paul made that reference as one is born dead. He tried to destroy the church, the very thing that on his way to Damascus, the Lord grabs a hold of and gets his attention. I tell you what, that was an incredible encounter with God. You talk about a comeback. You talk about turnaround. You talk about, about the complete opposite of what you were doing before. Is Now God is getting you to save the church and to start the church and to be the church <laughs> before you were killing everyone who was any, anything part of the church. You see, Paul had nothing to be proud of. He persecuted the Christians. He said, I'm the least of the apostles. Every time you can see that, he says, he says, yes, I am an apostle, but he says, I'm always the least. And it was only by the grace of God that Paul saw and said that I am what I am. It's only the grace of God. It's only the grace of God. Listen, I don't think anyone here has been in in the way that Paul has been, or was. You're out there killing Christians, making sure the church is all shut down. But if God can turn a life around like, like Saul's and change his name to Paul, if he can turn something around like that, he can definitely turn your life around. He can turn it around. You don't have to be going that direction. God is saying, I've given this amazing, mighty redemption. So what Paul was saying here, that no matter how unworthy we are, no matter how undeserving of His grace we have, we have come to Him confessing our sins and inviting Him into our lives. He reaches down from wherever we might be and He lifts us up into His everlasting arms. The redemptive work of God, unbelievable, so good. Psalm 119 tells us that there is never a mountain too high. There is never a sea too deep. There is never a place so far that God cannot reach us. doesn't matter where you are in your walk in life today. There is never a a place that is too far from God, that He cannot reach you. If you reach up, it doesn't matter where you are. God will grab your hand and He'll reach and bring you up into that everlasting place. This year as we celebrate Easter, let's focus our life on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that we go past a number of churches to get to our church here every Sunday. And uh, because I wasn't here last Sunday, Julie was telling me we went past this one church and it was absolutely packed. I mean, it's always, there's always a lot, of church, a lot of cars there at, at this normal Sunday. But, but the other Sunday, she said, it was packed. There was cars up every street. There was just chaos everywhere trying to get around about uh, this church. We go past today. There's nobody. Not even a car. And we go go past, and the gates are closed. It's like, no church today? (laughs) No church resurrection Sunday? What the? (laughs) And I started to think about this. Because some churches, some religions still have Jesus on the cross. That's the image. They haven't got him coming down. They haven't got Him being resurrected. They haven't got Him overcoming hell, death, and the grave. They haven't come in, got Him coming off the cross to be alive forevermore. They've still got Him on the cross, and they cho- they're closed today. That's crazy. We know that He died for us we took he took everything to the cross every sin that i've had, i've made everything but he's rose again that third day he is alive forevermore that's what we celebrate come on we celebrate this Let's act in the power that God has given us as born-again believers. Let's remember the sin, the sickness, the disease that has been washed away by the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus and give Him all the glory. Every one of us can look back on our life, on who we were and what we did, and we can only thank God that we are here by His grace, I'm able to speak. Julie's able to speak. That 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 God has given us a position to go and speak in other churches. I look back and think, who who am I to be able to do this? Who was I? I was a nothing and nobody. I was a drunkard and, and everything. And it's like, and God turned my life around to the point now where I give God all the glory for my life. Before I was glorifying the devil. Now I want to glorify God in everything that I do. Listen, God can make you come back. He can cause an incredible comeback. He can turn things around right now. And He's just looking at you and saying, Will you do that? We have the victory over death. We have the victory over sin. We have the victory to make a comeback. And finally, we can start to see God's mighty redemption. Can we stand this morning? Hallelujah. We bless you this morning, Father. We thank you, Father, even this morning as we remember this time. We remember the death of Jesus, but we also remember the resurrection. That He is not dead, but He is alive forevermore. That, Lord, that You gave us new birth. New birth, we call it being born again. You gave us this because of the cross. It's not a special thing for certain people. It is for whosoever will. Whosoever will respond to the message of not just the cross, but also the resurrection. This resurrection Easter Sunday morning, what an incredible time to reflect on who you are, God. On what Jesus has done because of Him, because of what He did, we are who we are. And I thank You, Lord, that we are not, we are still a work in progress. We are not finished by by any stretch of the imagination. But we thank You for the blood of Jesus that washes us clean. We thank You for Your Power over sin, over lust, over every circumstance right now. Strengthen us. Help us overcome these things to give us the victory over every area in our life. Thank you, Father. church as I share this this morning I just want to ask you a question is your name written in heaven is it written in that Lamb's book of life do you know what it is have you made that choice have you given your life completely over to the Lord or have you just Giving it over, taking it back. Giving it over, taking it back. Is your faith in Jesus and Him alone this morning? God's searching our hearts. If you need to come to Jesus for salvation this morning, again, we call it being born again then this altar here is open this morning. Someone will be here to help you, to pray with you. If you want to make that decision for the very first time, this might be the first time you heard about what Jesus has done. I never I never heard that before, but you want to make a response. Then we're going to have this, this altar, this front part of the church here. We want you to come down to the front if to make that response right now. If you need to come and get your walk with God straightened out. It's been some things the Holy Spirit just some things you know, just on your, your mind it's like mm, I haven't really been walking with the Lord that well. It's been up and down it's been all over the place I've been in and out but I want to make Choice this morning here on this resurrection Sunday. What an incredible time! What an amazing time to do this. And if that's you, then I want you to come down again. This altar is open, and again, there will be someone here to help you to pray with you. Or if you just want to come down and spend some time reflecting on this. The, the real reason of Easter. You just want to come down and you just want to spend some time just reflecting, just giving God the glory for your life, from where He has brought you, from what He has put you into, for what He yet has yet for you to achieve. If you want to do that, this altar is going to be open this morning. We might be closing some parts of this service, but listen, the altar remains open. Any time, first time, second time, third time, it doesn't matter how many times. Just reminded of the, the son who was a bit wayward and he went away. The prodigal son, we call it, went away, did his own thing, but realized he needed that the loving arms of the Father. I tell you, you come down the front and you will feel that embrace of the loving arms of a Father. So we're just going to close our eyes right now. And it's any one of these responses this morning that you want, you feel to respond to. Father, I thank you, Lord, today that you are the one who who, who calls us. You are the one who loves us. You are the one who sent your son Jesus to die for us. Even though we are yet in sin, we didn't even know you, you still died for us. What an amazing thing. So Lord, today, we ask for the response right now. I just want you to come. Just come to the front, just to make that response. Any of those three areas. No one is, come on, no, we've got our eyes closed. No one's seeing who's coming to the front. But if you need to come, you need to allow that, that Spirit of God inside of you to something stirring. It's like, yeah, I need to come. I need to come. Even if it's just to reflect on how good God is. Come on. We're just going to make that decision this morning to come down the front to this altar right now. Hallelujah.